What is good, everyone, and welcome to the We Just Talk Wrestling Podcast. My name is Kyle, and I am here with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. We have a loaded show for you guys today, but as always, we'll break down the weekly shows going over any stories from all the different promotions. We'll be reacting to WWE's Backlash event. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WJTW19. Give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. Dylan, what caught your eye in wrestling this week? All right, Kyle. So we have some free agency news to discuss. Uh, three names. Uh, first ones, Willie Mack and Jonah have announced that they are done with Impact Wrestling. I assume contracts expired. I don't think there's any like animosity, but they're now officially available for bookings on the independent scene. And Candice LeRae's contract has officially expired with WWE. Um, I don't see her going anywhere anytime soon for obvious reasons, but there was a lot of speculation with LeRae specifically that <clears throat> WWE might try and tack time onto her contract um, since she was going on maternity leave. Uh, but that is not the case. She will have a 30-day non-compete clause. Actually, no, since the contract expired, yeah. she has no non-compete clause. Yep. So all three of them are available for bookings as soon as they're able to or willing to. I know Willie Mack and Jonah both put out statements saying that they're taking bookings uh, right now, basically. Yeah. So, uh, But those three names are officially free agents in wrestling. So LeRae, to me, when she comes back, she's perfect for the Impact's woman scene. She perfect for Impact. She's a really good worker. She can bring out a really good character. She can go with pretty much any, anyone. And if they want to do any of the intergender stuff, I mean, she she did that in the indies. So mm-hmm. she's perfectly um, good with that. So I think she goes to Impact. Willie Mack is a indies wrestler. Yep. He's a big dude, but he can do anything in the ring. He is a indie wrestler. Jonah, if he were to sign, I think he goes to New Japan because I think he fits that kind of hard-hitting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he can do pretty much anything, but I think New Japan just because of the guys he can you know, mess it with. Um, yeah. I think he goes to New Japan. So, Dylan, you actually forgot one name. On What's the, that? Uh, so, Stu Grayson oh, from yeah. the Dark Order is actually mm-hmm. a free agent as well. Um, AEW did not uh, re-sign his contract, so he is a officially a free agent as well. He is a little bit different. I think he's also going to be in the indie scene. I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. sign anywhere soon. But, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to point out Stu Grayson is also yeah. a free agent. But. I think I think Mac and Jonah and Stu Grayson, add him in there, are, like you said, perfect for the indies. I think all three of them. Yeah. I hate to, like, lump it together, but I just feel like LeRae will go wherever Gargano eventually lands. Maybe that is just – roaming the independence and just doing stuff like that, or maybe an MLW or an AEW or wherever. I, I just think wherever Johnny goes, Candace will eventually follow. Probably. Just for like travel purposes. You know, they are married. They do have a kid. It just kind of makes sense to me. God, how big would it be for impact to get Gargano? Whew, that would. Yeah. Be if they huge. dude, if, if they could land both of them, cause Gargano has like, obviously due to size and like quickness, He's obviously a threat in the X division, but he also has world championship. He is world championship material. And like you said, she could bolster that knockouts division very, very well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, good stuff from the uh, free agent news. So Mm -hmm. Dylan, this week I'll be talking about new Japan pro wrestling for my new story. Mm -hmm. The annual best of the super junior tournament has been announced along with the participants and block a, we have names like Alex Zane, 
Show, Yo, Ishimori, and X Division champion Ace Austin. Block B is highlighted with Wheeler Yuta, TJP, Robbie Eagles, Master Wato, and El Desperado, to name only some of the 20 participants in this tournament. So New Japan recently has not had a great track record when it comes to events like these, but with the star power in this field, we are in for some banger matches. I'm so excited to see how it plays out starting May 15th. Dude, I, I, I've, I've told you so many times on this show and in person how much I love Alex Zane, and I love the fact that he's going to be a part of this tournament. Do I think he's going to go deep in it? He's not going to win, no. No, but. unfortunately probably not, but like mixing up with the names that he will be mixing up with, I think that's great for him. And Wheeler Yuta, um, I said this last week, he is, on, he is red hot right now, not just in AEW, but in wrestling. Like He's getting a lot of opportunities, and rightfully so. I think he's great in the ring. Um, he needs to work on his character a little bit, but um, I'm really excited. Those two names specifically outside, I mean, the whole field is great, to be honest, but those two names catch my eye, and I'm, I'm super stoked to see what they do. I think they have Willow Yuta win. I, 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 wouldn't, I think I wouldn't they're going to have Yuta. Uh, Yuta, or if they go with somebody from New Japan, it could be a guy like Yo, who has been mm-hmm. on a pretty big tear, um, you know, and mixed up with guys like Osprey and stuff like that. So I could see him. Master Watto is another guy. He's young. He's up and coming in New Japan. But, man, my guy, Ace Austin, the X Division champion, that would be mm-hmm. huge for him winning that and coming back to Impact with, yep. that, uh, with that title. So, uh, yeah, so good, good stuff from the it's a, stories this week. So. It's, a, it's a great field. Oh, yeah. And that's only 10. Sure. It's only 10 yeah. 20. So go check out the others as well. Absolutely. Anyway, so we are going to go to AEW. Doing you ready? Yes, sir. So we will start with Dynamite. Jeff Hardy defeated Bobby Fish to qualify for the Owen Hart tournament in a very underwhelming match that was yeah. carried by Fish, at least in my opinion. Uh, Wardlow beat William Morrissey, who was big cast in WWE. Pretty solid match. <laughs> uh, Ray Phoenix defeated Dante Martin to also qualify for the Owen Hart tournament. This was by far the best match of the night on Dynamite. And great stuff by both guys. In the main event, shockingly enough, Mercedes Martinez defeated Deanna Perrazzo to win the undisputed ROH Women's title. Pretty solid match, Dylan, but the crowd just did not care about it at all. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, they probably should have had Dante and Ray close out the show. But I do like the risk that they took by having the woman, but it's just, unfortunately, uh, the crowd just didn't really care for it. But, so time for Rampage. Tony Storm and Ruby Soho defeated Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in tag action. This got a lot of love online. I just thought Hayter was the star here, and wow, Jamie Hayter is fantastic in the Mm -hmm. ring. Jay Lethal beat DDT's... Don't, I am going to say this fucking name wrong. Is it... Is it Takahita? I, I really don't know how to say this dude's name. You know who I'm talking about, right? You're, the guy you're, yeah, you're normally better at pronouncing the complicated names than I am. So, <laughs> yeah, if I if I butcher that name, very sorry. Um, in a very entertaining match, however, Dylan, you know what match I'm going to talk about, and it's no surprise. Riho faced Yuka Sakazaki in an mm-hmm. Owen Hart qualifying match. Oh my goodness, it was so good. Kudos to Tony Khan for giving these two the time they needed on a one-hour show to get the match over. Uh, we did see Riho win, which wasn't really a shock. I wish they gave Yuka the rub, but 
pretty predictable. Like the whole tournament has been on both sides. Uh, but this was up and down week for AEW. Mostly good. There wasn't a whole lot of bad. However, this mm-hmm. was one of the big highlights here. I feel like AEW took a little more risk than in previous yep. weeks. Like you said, like Phoenix could have easily main evented, but they went with Martinez and Peraza. Um, I am slowly having an issue, and this is stupid to say, but I'm slowly having an issue with AEW constantly doing Ring of Honor stuff on AEW TV. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's cool that they're getting that platform, but I, a part of me feels like maybe the reason why people don't care as much is because they, like, they didn't buy a ticket for Ring of Honor stuff as much as I like Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? Like, I don't well, know if I'm saying that right. Well, well, um, I think you're trying to say, like, yeah, they're not – they're trying to see the, AE do, the yeah. AEW superstars. Yeah. And though in every match that they do with other companies, AEW people win every single time. Yeah. So, so I'm you all, know like, the match is predictable. I, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm actually, I, 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 even though Martina is assigned to AEW, I am a little surprised that she did get the rub over Barraza for the title. So I like the risk and I like the fact that they put them in the main event. But yeah, Ray Phoenix um, and uh, Dante Martin should have been the main event, I think. It was the best match of the week. Um, also, the crowd is red hot, white hot for uh, the potential. Hookhausen partnership that you constantly refuse to bring up on a week to week basis. It's not that important. Stop it, dude. Hey, he gave him a bag of chips with a bow on it. All right. So, would you rather see them or FTR get a title shot? Oh, FTR get a title shot, 100%. All right. What about the Young Bucks? I mean, yeah. Okay. What about the Acclaimed? Okay. Kyle. What about the, uh, the Versi Blondes? Kyle, I can acknowledge okay, the what fact about that the House it's of entertaining Black? TV. Okay. What about uh, the Lucha Bros? I'm not saying let's shoot them to the moon and give them the tag titles. Yeah, right but now. they're like hook. I, I feel like they're they're trying to do something like the like the what was that? The, the Rock in Mankind kind of some kind of way. I just think they should be doing something completely different with Hook because they, it kind of feels like they're just dragging him along right now. Mm-hmm. And like, don't get me wrong, I don't love the guy, but Danhausen does have value just because a lot of people like him. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think he should be with a guy like Orange Cassidy so they can do that together. Hook, being with Hook, I just think Hook should be pushing for a TNT title already mm-hmm. because, man, it, it just feels like they're dragging him along for the ride. Well, the thing, well, the thing about the TNT title scene right now, and don't get like, hey, I agree with you. I think Hook is going to make a great singles champion one day. Um, but for what the field looks like right now, this might be the best thing for him. And it does kind of feel like they're replicating the rock and mankind or even Randy Orton and riddle in more recent history, that odd couple tag team, Mm -hmm. but the crowd's into it and it gives hook something prominent to do on TV while the, the muddled field of the TNT title scene clears up a little bit. Cause you know, you still got Sammy Guevara lingering Frankie Gazarian's about to get a title shot. Um, there's the clear, like, maybe I'm the only one who's noticing it, but they're planting seeds for a potential page sky feud, I think. Cause it seems like Scorpio sky definitely feels more like a face in that heel group right now. Like, oh, it, Paige it, am is I crazy? Heel. Yeah. Paige is heel. Yeah. He's well, turned, no, well, like, well, like there's, they're supposed to be heels. I feel like sky is turning face. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, I, I guess he's page is kind of like 
he's going to become a mega heel as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're setting up a potential Ethan Page Scorpio Sky feud for that title. And Page has to win. I think so. Page has to win that. So with with all that going on, there's not much to do with Hook. Danhausen was paired with Orange Cassidy and the best friends, but Orange Cassidy's hurt now. Danhausen being this popular figure in wrestling, I know you're not a massive fan, but he needs something to do. And plus, Danhausen's also coming off of a pretty major injury that he suffered on the Indies. So. All right, well, Brian Cage needs something to do. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I think Brian Cage should be the fucking world champion, but hey, they don't listen yeah, to Well, us. that's what I mean. Like, so what, what is the. Let, let me ask you this before we move on. What's the end goal for Danhausen and Hook? Do they face someone like Bear Country? I, I mean, think, what, what, what's the and they're not they should not become the tag champions no. with the field that they have. No, so no, what's the what's the maximum climax? Do they face somebody like uh, I I don't even know what the end goal is. Well, is it the acclaimed? Because no. it's not FTR. It they can't go from the top. So it's going to have to be a top heel team. I I think maybe the acclaimed is what they do. Mm-hmm. There's just no like. If they're not going after the title, what's the point of doing this? I think, so for how, this is my prediction, and then we'll move on to the WWE stuff. My prediction is, I don't think they'll end up winning the tag titles, but they're going to team a little bit. They're going to have fun. The crowd's going to love it. Danhausen is so over that it is a great way to get heel heat for Hook when he eventually turns on Danhausen. See what I mean? Because Hook, to me, as much as he's liked by the fans and all the positive reviews that he's been getting, he's a heel. I oh, think, 100%. I think he's a heel. Yeah. So you pair him with a guy who's so over, not just in AEW, but in wrestling in general, on the internet and everything. Have him turn on a guy like Danhausen. Now you have heel heat. And I, I then just you think set you're, up Hook for a singles run. I just think you're overvaluing Danhausen. Remember, we're talking about Danhausen. This isn't a top guy i get that dan Housen. this is a guy who talks weird and paints his face and eats chips like this isn't like a top guy Mm -hmm. and that and that's why we at the end of the day we got to realize like i'm not necessarily trying to overvalue him i'm just listening to the audience and if you have someone that popular fucking turn on him and make yourself a heel i think that's what eventually will happen well, Brian Cage is still not on the uh, I, yeah, on the show. Which, that's a travesty, yeah. but whatever. All right. Now we're going to go to the can WWE we get a, news. Real quick, can we get a Brian Cage-Wardlow match? That'd be epic. I'm yeah, what about, uh, what about Jeff Cobb versus Brian Cage? Woo! Woo! All, right. All, right. All right. Let's go to uh, WWE news with Dylan. Big week, especially SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, SmackDown was <laughs> atrocious. So both shows, obviously, go-home shows leading to backlash. So <laughs> To be honest, not a lot happened. I'm going to be real, but I'm going to break down a few things. So Remember it, when we were growing up, they used to be great, by the way. The go-home shows were always the best show. Yeah. But now they're doing like all the important angle stuff early, and then the last week before a paper uh, premium live event. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> last week before a premium live event, it's just like, all right, you, we've, we've been talking about this for three weeks. Let's just get it over with. Yep. Um, so there was an angle done on Raw between AJ Styles and Damian Priest. Styles challenged Priest to a match. Stipulation was, if Styles beat Damian Priest, he was banned from ringside at Backlash. And AJ Styles did defeat Damian Priest in singles action, so Priest was barred from ringside. Um, Austin Theory, sorry, just Theory now, my bad, 
Um, and The Miz defeated Ali in a two-on-one handicap match. This was apparently a number one contenders match, um, where if Ali would have won, he would have been number one contender for the U.S. title. Obviously, it didn't happen. But Tommaso Ciampa did come out after the match and attacked Ali. So now they are booking Ciampa as a heel on the main roster, which is obviously the right move, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they don't have any stock in Ali, by the way. No, no. <laughs> and people don't care now. People no. have no, do not care about it at all. Yeah. Um, Bobby Lashley defeated uh, Cedric Alexander. That's that's all I got to say. That poor guy, man. <laughs> that the, poor guy. <laughs> the main event of Raw was a six-woman tag match, and the team of Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and Asuka defeated Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, and Sonya Deville. This match was actually pretty well-praised, and everyone – Thought Liv looked really good in this match. Um, what do you I think before Oscar I moved on? Great. Boy, Oscar's no. always great. Uh, yeah, uh, Liv. Uh, I, I saw what I said about Liv on the Hot Take Show. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's something there. I just I don't see her from a character perspective. WWE really pulling the trigger on her just mm-hmm. because, like, I don't know if she's a little dull. I don't know if she's maybe they just book her in that way. Yeah. She's not winning money in the bank. Let's just yeah. yeah. Liv Liv finds herself in that. Spot. She should. I think. Well, yeah. uh, Shayna should. Yeah. But besides her, I think you have to put it on Liv this year. But I, they're something. not going to. Yeah, Liv kind of finds herself in that spot in the women's division where like, she's she's well liked. She's over with the crowd. There is definitely something there, like you said. But there's also something missing. Yeah. And because of that. I don't think she'll make a compelling champion anytime soon. And it might not even be her fault. No, no, it's not necessarily her fault. Maybe it is a booking thing. Maybe it's just maybe it's just there's a lot more talented people on the roster like that's exactly Oscar. She if she it wouldn't be believable if she were to go in and beat Oscar one on one. Exactly. You know what I mean? And like, like Bailey's still her her returns around the corner. So like I just feel like maybe she finds herself in a spot where there's just unfortunately for her more talented people ahead of her. You know hey, what I mean? Yep. Before we move on to SmackDown, mm-hmm. quickly, do you think they should eliminate the tag titles and do a mid card title? I've a said that for, I've said that for a while. You so you um, would do a mid card women's champion and just completely yeah. take out the ta- yeah, very very do, very similar to like the TBS title. I would do that. I would just call it the uh, the WWE television title or something like that. I don't know. Well, I'm mad that. AEW doesn't call the TNT or TBS titles a television title, but whatever. Yeah. Yep. Stupid. Um, yeah. Tag yeah, titles I, don't matter. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so SmackDown. Speaking of tag titles, um, Shayna Baszler did defeat Sasha Banks in singles. Whoa, action. whoa, what? Wow. Yep. Um, and now it is confirmed that Banks and Naomi will defend their tag titles against Baszler and Natalia next week on SmackDown. Oh, I thought it was at the... Uh... I thought it was at the premium live event. I didn't even know it was on SmackDown. Nope. It's going to be apparently next week on SmackDown. And they're going to lose. Probably. But Baszler did get a singles victory over Sasha Banks. Not a lot of people beat Sasha one-on-one, so maybe they're pushing something. Probably not, but... Yep. Probably not. Um, So, Gunther, Walter... Don't don't, don't ever fucking say that name again. (laughs) Walter defeated Drew Gulak in singles competition. God, what the 
Drew Gulak is getting that call pretty. <laughs> yeah, Drew's Drew. <laughs> I, I love Drew Gulak, but he's yeah. about to be future endeavor. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, this this is, was was a squash match. I mean, they're trying to build Walter as dude. a as a very important heel character on the main roster, which I love because I think he'd be great if they book him properly and they let him keep his fucking name. But dude, Gulak, Gulak went from wrestling. Daniel Bryan out of pay-per-view. Cedric Alexander, he wrestled Kota Ibushi in WWE. Now they're both jobbing out. Yeah, Next. well, well, Gulak, remember, he, he had to tap out to Ronda Rousey and Charlotte in back-to-back weeks. Next. Um, <laughs> Sami Zayn faced Shinsuke Nakamura in singles action. Um, this kind of came from Nakamura did a backstage interview where he said that there's unfinished business between him and Roman Reigns. Mm. Um, and then Zayn was just in the background looking around the corner. I don't really know why. They had a singles match later in the night that actually Zayn won via countout. So it was a very unsatisfying finish. Maybe they're going to do something with Zayn and Nakamura in the future. Remember, they did used to be buddies. They did used to be a team. So I don't think they have any stock in Nakamura. In either. They don't have an either. Yeah. Really either of them, but they mm-hmm. have nothing in Nakamura. Nothing. Yeah. And especially with Boogs out, which is unfortunate, Nakamura is going to find himself just kind of muddling around on the roster, just doing kind of pop-up feuds, and it sucks because yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura, when treated properly, is one of the best wrestlers on the planet, especially and, uh, in Japan. Boogs is their guy. Boogs is their guy yeah. between the two, which is yep. mind-boggling me, but go on. Um, but that's actually all they have for SmackDown. Oh. There's a lot of RK Bro Bloodline stuff, but we'll uh, get to on both shows. But to be honest, it was kind of lack. It's the same stuff. If you tune into the previous three weeks of Raw and SmackDown, that's basically what we got. We did get Roman Reigns taking a Claymore to the face on Friday, huh. which is whatever. Was uh, was Chad Gable on Raw? Um, I believe Alpha Academy did have a match, and I think they won actually. Wow, okay, I didn't talk about stuff. it, but um, yeah. yeah and you, uh, you continue to not talk about twenty four seven title. Which well, you continue to leave my boy Danhausen out of your AEW reaction, so I'm not talking about that shitty green title. Well, that's why I mean they're both about the same joke, so you know what I mean. Anyway, Danhausen's way more over than that stupid green belt, and you know uh, it. Debatable for another day. Anyway, so we're <laughs> going to um, we're going to segue to the Indies with Kyle. Doing you ready this week? Yes, sir. All right. So this week, I will be highlighting Dynamic Wrestling Federation, or DWF, based out of Kansas City. Luigi Primo defeated Arjun Singh with a big crossbody from the top rope. Camaro Jackson defeated Matt Fitchett in a fantastic match. I was so impressed with both guys. Uh, Derek Neal faced Moonshine Mantel. That ended in a double DQ as they pushed down the ref and continued to beat the hell out of each other. It was a really fun finish. I actually dug the uh, disqualification finish. Uh, Dak Draper defeated Davey Vega in singles action with the Magnum KO. And in the main event, the Premier faced the Howlets in tag team street fight. Wow, this is wild. We saw trash cans, tables, kendo sticks, thumbtacks, steel chairs, basically anything you can think of. There was a spot in the match where there were two steel chairs propped right behind each other, right next to each other. There was tacks 
all around the steel chairs, uh, just thrown on them. And uh, one of the howlets the howl got powerbombed through it. Whew, not a spot I would want to take. The manager of the Howlets threw in the towel so the Premier get the victory in the end. Crazy street fight. This was so much fun to watch. A lot of blood. Kudos to all the producers. Everything looked great and it sounded fantastic as well. My MVP this week is Dak Draper. I was not familiar with him, but what a first impression. A good of a good mix of old and new school in his offense, and he sold like hell for Vega. So check out DWF on YouTube with my MVP being Dak Draper. Awesome stuff. Where did you say they were uh, based out of again? Kansas City. Awesome stuff. Uh, Kansas City. That doesn't. Kansas City's not really known as like a big nope. wrestling city, right? Yep. Yeah. I, man, not really. Not really. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll be sure to tag both the promotion and the MVP this week like we always do. We like to give them a shout-out so you guys can give them a like and a follow um, and check them out as well. You said on their YouTube page, right? Yeah, um, check which them out I'm their a... YouTube. Cool. Yep. Yeah, so uh, awesome stuff. Yep, so a really, really uh, fun one this week with mm-hmm. uh, DWF. But, uh, Dylan, would you like to start with this day in history segment? Oh, dude, I got some fun ones for you today. All right, Kyle. We are recording this and releasing this episode on May 9th. So all of these will be dated for May 9th. So without further ado, in May 9th, 1975, it was the first WWWF title defense ever held outside of the United States. It was the first time ever held in Japan. I could be wrong on the first step, but it was held in Japan for the very first time. Uh, Bruno Sammartino faced... Giant, oh, I butcher this. Giant Baba, <laughs> and the match. The match was a no contest. This was the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Championship. I wish I could have watched Bruno live. Oh, I wish I could have watched Bruno live. Yeah, I kind of wish we grew up in the sixties and seventies to see him in the Madison Square Garden era. Yeah, Woo. that would have been cool. Uh, but yeah, it was 1975. 1988. Jerry the King Lawler defeated Kurt Henning, who is Mr. Perfect, uh, to become the AWA World Heavyweight Champion. This was the other stipulation added to this. It was a title versus career match. I'm not quite sure. I think it was if Jerry lost, he had to retire kind of thing. Um, But don't quote me on that completely. But yeah, Jerry Lawler did become the AWA Champion by defeating... Kurt Henning before the Mr. Perfect gimmick took off. Um, in 1994, it was a very rare untelevised Royal Rumble match, which took place in Osaka, Japan, in which Baker eliminated Bam Bam Bigelow to win the match. I Interesting. don't believe this. I don't believe WWE recognizes this as an official Rumble, so it doesn't go towards like the stats. Obviously, because Taker only has credit for winning one Rumble, which was the 07 Rumble, if I'm not mistaken. He's only won uh, one. I believe so. Wow. I could be wrong on that, but I believe so. Um, in 2000, on a SmackDown taping, I believe, Crash Holly defeated the British Bulldog to win the hardcore title. Okay. Bet you didn't know that. No. And yeah. finally, in 2002, on a SmackDown taping, Batista who was then known as Deacon Batista, 
made his WWE debut alongside Reverend Devon. So this was the <laughs> this was the bald Batista who had the big like collection box on a chain and he had a suit with the sleeves cut off. Oh man. Prime. Prime Batista, right? Yes. Prime Batista. <laughs> this was well before the MCU days, you kids out there. Deacon Batista. That's how we know him. Uh, but yeah, he made his WWE debut, main roster debut um, in 2002 wow. on this day. So cool stuff. Yeah, really cool that stuff. Was 20 years ago. Wow. Time, uh, time flies. Doesn't yeah, know. we watched Batista as a kid winning world championships, feud with The Undertaker. But yeah, yeah. He, was a, he was a fucking deacon and he had a collection box around his neck. 20 years ago. You know, I, I saw something uh, on Twitter. I think uh, Triple H posted something about him specifically. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think I just uh, found that about yeah. two hours ago. But WWE's been doing a whole like 20 years of Batista thing this whole week. Oh, wow. Kind of similar to the whole 20 years of Randy Orton. Obviously, not as well hyped because Batista's not with the company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same stuff. All right. So uh, it is time for my top five. Power ranking segment, Dylan. Are you ready for this week? I'm so excited. All right. So Dan number five, number one, right? No, he uh, will never ever make this <laughs> list. So number five goes yeah. to Impact's Steve Macklin. By hmm. mainstream fans, he is better known as Steve Cutler when he was in WWE. This guy deserves a lot of praise. He is quietly becoming a big star in Impact, facing guys like Ishii. Recently, and his match at Under Siege with Chris Sabin was a banger. Even in a losing effort, I love the aggressive character that he shows. And in moments, he carried Chris Sabin. Not many people can say that. Mm-hmm. Another thing about Macklin is his discus lariat is one of the best in wrestling today. So Macklin uh, goes number five. Number four goes to MLW's Richard Holiday. After defeating longtime vet Davey Richards in singles action, he is going after the MLW World Championship, and uh, that is held by Alexander Hammerstone, who Holiday has targeted in recent weeks. Holiday is another young, cocky heel who cuts a really, really good promo, but his ring skills are a lot better than people give him credit for. His manager, Alicia Atau, only makes that character better, but in his match against David Richards, you could see the confidence hitting nasty spinebusters, playing the crowd, and not letting Richards get the best of him. I was just super impressed with Holiday in this match and really think he should and will defeat Hammerstone and become the next MLW champion. Number three should not be a shock at all, and it goes to Yuka Sakazaki. Is it a low bias? Absolutely. But Yuka had a great showing against Riho on Rampage, but that was not all she did this past week. Her and Mizuki successfully defended the Princess Tag Team titles against Noah and Kakuta, or Kakuta, sorry. Uh, the work rate of Yuka sets her apart. She, her energy level is just outstanding. I said the same thing about Sayuri last week. It's just on another level. Her cartwheels she does on the ropes to the magical girl splash. She just has such a fun moveset that makes her easy to watch. She did a top rope flatliner to Riho on Rampage, which I've not seen her do maybe at all. But Yuka is such a blast to watch in the ring. She had a really good week. So her at number three. Number two. Dylan, you would not guess this at all. Number two goes to Ninja Mac. 
It was so hard not to put him at number one, but Ninja Mac had an incredible showing for Pro Wrestling Noah this week at the Dream On and the Majestic 2022 events. He was mixing it up with guys like Alpha Wolf, Dragon Bane, Yohei, and the legendary Mirafuji. What got him so high in the rankings this week was the cool shit that he did in his matches. This man brought out a spinning heel kick done to perfection. This dude did a moonsault kip-up. Yeah, so if you don't believe me, you got to go see it. I liked a tweet that has all of the uh, highlights from him. So go to our like tweets. It should be the first one. Incredible stuff from Ninja Mac. Um, He also did a triple spring moonsault or a triple spring uh, springboard moonsault. And I'm not even sure what to call it, but he did like a standing parkour spinning splash. If you have not seen what Ninja Mac has done this week, please go watch because he had a magical week. So a Ninja Mac at number two, but Dylan, I could not put him at number one because that goes to Stardom's Mayu Iwatani. There was no way I was not putting Mayu at number one this week. This was her week. She captured the SWA Undisputed World Women's title against Tekla in a 17-minute barn burner. Mayu has done it all for stardom, pretty much winning every single championship that there is. She already held the high-speed title for over 500 days, but winning this title only solidifies her as the icon of the company. And also, when you think of stardom, Mayu is at the very top of the list, not only now, but in its history. So Mayu Iwatani takes the top spot this week. Does not surprise me you put someone from stardom number one. But she deserved it. Yeah, I'm not complaining about it, but doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, really cool list. A lot of uh, a lot of names that maybe a lot of people haven't recognized. Which, yeah. Which I love that you do. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if Cody Rhodes or, like, you know, Hangman Page do something that's worthy to be on the list, obviously put them on there. But yeah. I love the fact that you're branching out and naming some names that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of. So that's really cool stuff. Oh, dude, you, you guys have to check out Ninja Mac. Oh, my God, dude. He was incredible this week. So, uh, but... Honestly, go check out all five of them because uh, really good stuff. A lot of people don't know about Richard Holiday. He's really, really good in MLW. Um, pretty much, he's not MJF, but mm-hmm. he's he's probably the closest thing to MJF. So go mm-hmm. check him out because he uh, did some really cool stuff. But uh, that is it for the power ranking. Um, Dylan, it is now time for our WWE Backlash Reactions. As always, we will go through each match grade and give it an overall rating. Um, and then at the end, we'll, we'll give the 1 out of 10 that we always do. So, uh, without further ado, Dylan, are you ready? Dylan? Kyle, do I got you? Yeah, I, I think you cut out for about 10 seconds. Yeah, there's definitely some technical difficulties going over here. You got to love All technology. Right. Yeah. So, uh, like I said before, there is uh, we are doing the WWE Backlash Reactions. You know how we do it. We, we break down a match, overall star rating, and then uh, at the end, we rank it out of 10. So, Dylan, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, was there a pre-show match? Um, if there was, I didn't watch it. I, don't, I didn't <laughs> even look it up. I don't, I don't think there was a pre-show match. There was a pre-show, but lately they've just been doing just like talking segments. They haven't been doing a whole lot of pre-show matches anymore. So, 
Interesting. Okay. So uh, are you ready for the first match? Yes, sir. All right. So uh, starting off was the perfect one to go to, in my opinion. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Uh, don't you ready to get into it? Mm-hmm. All right. So Cody Rhodes ended up winning the match with a roll-up pin. A uh, really cool video package that got us even more excited for this rematch. Right away, there was a spot where Cody went for the falling slap that he does, mm-hmm. but Rollins was ready for it. Commentary did a great job saying that Rollins was prepared for this rematch. The story here, Dylan, was that Rollins got time to prepare for Cody, unlike Mania. So I liked how the match presented itself in a way so Cody just could not get into second gear and Rollins was always one step ahead. Yeah. The inside-out lariat on the outside by Seth was really cool. Cody got things going with a disaster kick, but he went for a second one that was reversed. Um, it's just going into the story, like I said a little bit earlier. Seth got a lot of offense in in this match, but Cody sold the hell out of his moves for him. He did a great job. The mm-hmm. superplex by Cody was clean. My, my favorite sequence was the missed dive by Cody. So Seth went for one as well, but Cody came in uh, and connected with the Cody Cutter. So storytelling in this match, in my opinion, was top notch. There was a superplex by Seth reversed into the crossroads for a two count thanks to the rope. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, you know that he was going to touch the rope, obviously. Yes. Uh, this finish, so Cody Rhodes ends up winning with a roll-up. This finish only makes sense if they continue the feud, mm-hmm. which I think will happen. And I'm going to tell you why it shouldn't here in just a second. I thought this match was really good, like really good. Uh, mm-hmm. He had really good near falls, reversals. Cody played the babyface really, really well. And there was a reason, there was a purpose why they wanted it so badly. They want to one-up each other. Um, besides the finish, I thought this match was excellent. I really got into it. I thought it was really good. Dylan, the only reason why I don't want this to continue, because WWE put themselves in a lose-lose situation. And what I mean by that is, so Cody's won the first two, correct? Yep. So if you have a third one at Hell in a Cell... So there's two sides here. One, Seth wins. Well, Cody loses the blow-off, and people only remember the last match. So when you think of the feud, ultimately Seth won it because he won the last match. On the other side, if Seth loses, he's lost three matches in a row. Mm -hmm. So I I think they put themselves into the corner with this booking, but besides that, I thought the match was excellent. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, it... It definitely wasn't their Mania match. No. That was perfect in every way. This was still very, very good, and I'm going to rate it very, very high. But my thoughts, um, I, I love the storytelling, and that's something that they did in the, in, in the last match, even with not having a story going in with each other. Yeah. Um, the, whole, the whole story leading up to this match, like you said, was Seth felt like he didn't have time to prepare for the match. Well, now he had time to prepare for it, And they played off that beautifully. A lot of reversals. The early part of the match was dominated by Seth Rollins. I mean, Cody couldn't get out of first gear. Everything he tried, Rollins had a reversal or would just kick out at one or like, like he had everything well scouted and commentary talked about it beautifully. I thought, um, these two have great chemistry. I it's, it's, it's hard to believe that they haven't wrestled a match against each other since what? Like, I, I think it's like 2013, Wow. Um, when they did the uh, 
the Shield versus the Rhodes family stuff. Yeah. I think it's the last time these two, like, shared a ring officially. Maybe there were some dark matches when he was doing Stardust, but, like, it's been a very long time. And even those matches, they were tag matches. Like, they didn't get a whole lot of one-on-one time, to my knowledge. And that was, like, 2013. Yeah. So, these two just have amazing chemistry. And that's what happens when you put two great professional wrestlers in the ring with each other. Yeah. Um, And you give them a great story. Here's my thoughts about the finish. The way it was done, so Cody beat Seth clean at WrestleMania. Hit him with a crossroads, one, two, three, middle of the ring. As clean of a finish as you can make it. This one wasn't necessarily a clean finish because Rollins pulls the tights. But when Cody reverses, if you noticed, he pulled the tights to win win with the roll-up. But he he still won. He still won, but he didn't win with crossroads. He didn't win clean. It was still kind of a dirty pin. That's why I think they will do a third match, and it definitely sets up a third match. But I agree with what you said. If you do a third match, I I, I don't think they're going to have Cody lose the third match because they want to set him up, I think, to potentially win Money in the Bank um, because I think they're going to do Roman Drew this summer on all those stadium shows. Um, And then they could do... Cody Roman afterwards. Um, so giving him money in the bank, I think makes sense, but Cody losing the blow off match. Like you said, all that momentum was kind of for nothing, but on the flip side, Seth losing three matches in the row, he's not believable as a challenger. Exactly. So I don't they, think. They, their hands are tied. Yeah. So the only thing I could see is say they do a third match and Cody wins. Maybe you do theory and Rollins to boost theory up a little more, give him a good rub against a true main eventer and also build a legitimacy for the U S title. Theory Maybe? Rollins. Yes. Two heels. I mean, there's, there's been rumored for a Rollins face turn eventually. So no, when he, and no, I completely agree, but you think they do that when he's heel? I mean, well, I mean, but like, but like if, if Cody wins the third match, what does Rollins do? He's not he's, believable as a main eventer. Right. You got to put him in the, to the mid card. So then you would have to use him to legitimize either the IC title or the US title. He could potentially get drafted to SmackDown and wrestle Ricochet for the IC title, which I think would be great. And Ricochet could really, really use that rub to wrestle he would, Rollins. He wouldn't win, though. No, he wouldn't. But Rollins, <laughs> Rollins would get the IC belt, but give Ricochet a true competitor to wrestle against. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they kind of backed themselves in a corner, but definitely also set up a third match if that's the way they're going to go. But hey, a great match. Yes, great match. I'm personally going to Hell in a Cell, so I would love to see a third match. That's just me being selfish. But I don't know. I, I just, I, it doesn't, it makes sense and it doesn't make sense. It's a very weird thing. But the match overall, fantastic. What'd you give it out of five? So. We gave the Mania match a five, right? Yep. So this was definitely a step down, but I still gave it high. I, I, I put it at 4.5. I thought it was 4.5. Right. Okay, I give it a 4.2, so we're right around the same. Um, dude, they're Mania. I, I think why it was so good is because the we all and we all wanted Cody to yeah. come out, and he did. So I just yep. that moment, you can't beat it. It's definitely going to be a uh, hard one to beat when it comes to award time next year. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll get to that when uh, we cross that bridge. But, uh, yeah, really good stuff here. Uh, actually, you know what? I give it a 4.2. I'm going to bump it up to a 4.3. I think it was okay. a little bit better than I credit for. Cool. So, uh, we're right around the same. So, uh, 
So we go from that into uh, Omos, which is a favorite of Dylan's, versus mm-hmm. Bobby Lashley. In the They're so much better. So Omos won the match with a double and choke slam. So we're just going to break down here a little bit. Lashley tried to break down Omos, trying to foreshadow the end of their Mania match. MVP got to the apron and the momentum turned. There's no big fight feel to this match and the crowd was pretty dead. Omos did a snake eyes into the big boot. I thought it looked pretty good for a guy his size, but man, the match dragged. Um, There's a weird spot where Omos had his arms tied on the rope, and every pitcher, like, put his cane through the middle, but, like, nothing happened. And then Omos did it himself. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, uh, MVP got involved, helped Omos win, like I said earlier. Uh, Dylan, unfortunately, this match didn't do anything for me. And um, I-, I thought it was better than their first match, but no one cares about this. Like, oh. <sighs> Honestly, man, like I hate to say this, but Omos just isn't it. Nope. If you know what I mean. So yeah. I, I just didn't care for it. Yeah, remember, they chose Omos over Braun Strowman as the next great big man. Yep. Just keep that in mind. Yep. Um, I don't hate Omos by, by any means. I thought no. he was great with AJ. I thought he was entertaining with AJ. Um, this does absolutely nothing for me. I don't have much thoughts about the match itself. My gripes are with... <laughs> Bobby Lashley deserves so much better. Deserves so much better. He should be in the main event. This man went from being WWE champion, never actually like officially losing the title. Yeah. And his first feud back is this one with Omos. <laughs> Guys, you got to do something different. Bobby Lashley is a fucking star. It should be treated as such. And fans like him. Fans love him. Like, and now they're booking him as a face. Him and Roman would tear the house down if that happened. They're not um, going to. They him and they, um, him and I, I think they do him would, in theory. Him in theory would be fun. Him in theory would be great. Him and AJ would be great. Like him and him and well, AJ's a face, but like him and Edge, like if they wanted to go that route, I think that'd be very compelling. Yeah. Um, it'd be an interesting challenge with um, you know, Edge obviously being much smaller than Bobby Lashley. It'd be cool to see, but. They just deserve so much better. I, so, I, it just frustrates me. Well, what'd you give it out of five? Uh, one point two. Wow! So you really didn't like it. That. Went on that match was eight minutes long, Kyle, and that was eight minutes too long. I, I give it a one point five. So I, I give it a little. I, I listen, like I, I give it a one point five because of Bobby. Yeah. But uh, oh, it, Bobby! Bobby's why it's more than one point. So should have been match half a doing, point. It felt like it went on fifteen twenty. Yeah, didn't it's it? It's because Omos is slower than a parked car. Like I, it's, God, I'm it's, not trying to be a dick, but like God, it just doesn't work. No, yeah, it is. It, they, the biggest issue, Dylan, is WWE doesn't like big guys like Keith Lee. They like big guys like Big Show, who mm-hmm. work the really methodical, slow offense mm-hmm. they don't like guys like big like keith lee so unfortunately you know c- could you imagine you know keith lee versus bobby Whew, that would be great but great. uh then we got this and it wasn't that great anyway oh. so uh moving on uh, or speaking of edge so edge faced aj styles in uh singles action 
Uh, Edge won the match with an inverted crossface. Um, so we're going to get right into this match. So the match started as a fight, and that's exactly what we got. AJ dominated and completely controlled the pace, followed by a really nice uh, missile dropkick. Or maybe it was like a missile dropkick drop kick through the bottom rope, and then he did a moonsault on the outside. It looked Great. awesome. Yep. Beautiful. Um, I thought the pace was quicker early, which is a good contrast from the last match. Edge went right after the left shoulder, and Styles sold it like he died. He is just a, such an underrated seller. Um, <clears throat> the match really slowed down with submissions, really working the shoulder. Commentary did a really good job selling the injury of Styles, trying to keep the TV viewer interested. Um, one of my favorite moments was a Hurricane Rana from Styles to Edge, then continuing to sell the injury as he couldn't cover Edge like he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Graves did a fantastic job covering that. Um, I'll talk about Raw commentary team a little bit later. Uh, Edge turned the tide, nailing Styles' neck on the on his knee, and then these two started going back and forth. Uh, did you notice? They didn't get the first spear because they were showing a replay. <laughs> so they didn't even show the first spear live. They had to re-show it because they're they're showing a different replay. I can't remember what of, but uh, um, so th- this was going on. Out comes Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Uh, Damian Priest comes out first, trying to distract AJ. Finn uh, comes out. They brawl. Um, so now, Dylan. Mm-hmm. AJ was at the top rope, and a masked superstar comes out and helps Edge win the match. It turns out to be none other than Rhea Ripley, and now she is a part of Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dylan, what did you think about this match? This match, it, it, it reminded me a whole lot of the Mania match. The thing that I think this match did better Um, One of your favorite things that you love to point out about wrestling is how they work a body part. Mm -hmm. And Edge worked that shoulder angle, that shoulder injury to perfection, and AJ sold it to perfection. And commentary, which I thought was great all night for every match, commentary made that feel legit and important. And they, they, they put it over. And the storytelling aspect of it, of... Like you said, AJ couldn't hook the leg because he, his arm was, you know, was damaged. And, you know, so now he's resorting to, you know, forearms to the face or like forearms to the chin to try and keep Edge down because he can't hook the leg due to his shoulder. I thought that was really cool. And I think that's why I maybe enjoyed this match just slightly more than yeah. the Mania match because of that storytelling aspect. However, the ending was predictable. Yep. Um, it's been rumored for a long time that Edge is going to be growing the Judgment Day stable, and Rhea Ripley was a heavily rumored name. I'm not against that by any means. I love Rhea, um, and I think she's going to fit in great there um, <clears throat> and add a cool dynamic. This, to me, and I, I, I said this when we broke down Mania, this is leading to bigger things, yeah. right? Like, you, you can't really look at it as a one-match how, how did this go? Like, this is a full story, and I like that. This is ultimately going to culminate to um, them wrestling inside Hell in a Cell. 100%. Like, you think these, so? These two are going to wrestle in the cell. Now that Edge has more backup, 
the only thing I, that makes sense to me is, well, this is back-to-back matches that AJ's lost because someone distracted him or interfered. Yeah. So how do you keep that from happening again? Oh, let's put them in a giant cage where no one can get in. No, I know. Um, I'm, I'm not. Uh, or maybe I, they do. I'm not some, against either. Yeah. Or if they don't do the cell thing, maybe they do a tag match with Priest and Edge versus Balor and uh, Styles, which I think would also be a million bucks. So there are ways they can tweak the story moving forward. Um, overall, the match itself, good, not great, um, but was still enjoyable. Uh, what'd you give it a five? Uh, I gave it a 3.8. I give it a 3.7, so uh, we are right there, around the money. We've been really close so far today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, those were the Raw. It was very interesting. They did all three Raw matches right after another, and which, then we did all the SmackDown ones. Which I loved. It made sense for commentary. Made they sense need for to, commentary. They need, to, they need to do that formula more often. Raw commentary team, they did some of the best work they have done since the three have been together. They yep. were awesome. Tonight. 100%. And I, I think agree. they were a lot better than SmackDowns, which is a little, you know, if I said that online, the, the Pat McAfee people well, would have really here's been the mad. Thing. But... As much as I love Pat, and I've said this numerous times on and off air, the Raw commentary team was better than the SmackDown commentary team. And yeah. the SmackDown commentary team still was great. Like Michael Cole and Pat have great chemistry with each other. But Raw was on it. Like, those yeah. three, even Byron, as much as I don't really like him, all three of them were great. They put oh, yeah. everything over. I thought that was their best work, like you said. Yeah. And they Corey definitely was... – Corey, Corey was great. And they definitely need to stick with that formula because the whole, like, with every uh, event being dual-branded, I hate the back-and-forth, like, commentary – just lump them all together. Do all of Raws at one point. Do all of SmackDowns at one point. I think that was great. Great move. Yeah. I, I think the only uh, devil's advocate would be, well, it's going to be the same format every show just because Roman is going to be the main event. So it would yep. be all of the so Raws Smack- yeah. start. And, but I know. It, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. If, if that's what happens, that's what happens. I mean, fine. But I like the formula of doing all Raw together, all SmackDown together. However you want to formulate it, I think that's what they should do moving forward. Yeah, not against you there. Um, all right, so we're going into the Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey I Quit match for the SmackDown Women's Title. So uh, Ronda wins the belt with Charlotte saying I quit. Obviously, um, this again to me didn't have a big fight feel, but um, I was pretty pleased with what we got, and I'll. Uh, Mm-hmm. I'll, we'll get into it here. So the, the German suplex by Charlotte right away was really clean. As this match went on, it kind of felt like a heel versus heel match. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just me, but it that's how it kind of felt with uh, with Ronda. Well, Ronda we get, should be a heel. I mean, yeah, let's just no, be honest. And that's exactly my point. Yep. Uh, we get kendo sticks as these two battle on the stage. And I thought Ronda's monkey flip on the stage was a really creative way to reverse Charlotte's move. Um, Charlotte now owes WWE a new camera because she literally just <laughs> chucked it. So that uh, that's coming out of the paycheck, brother. Yep. Uh, I do credit WWE for making this more of a brawl with a stipulation. One of my favorite moments in this match was the powerbomb to Ronda on the corner of the barricade, followed by an, by an armbar. 
with Charlotte's arms stuck in the ropes. That was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. We knew eventually we would get a struggle with each woman locking in their submissions, but Ronda got Charlotte's arm stuck through a chair. Charlotte says, I quit, and we have a new SmackDown Women's Champion. I loved the finish. This mm-hmm. was much better than their first match. Charlotte was so much better because I think she seemed a little bit more confident. There were some parts, some of the kendo stick parts were a little cheesy, and maybe a couple other things were in this match as well, but I was very pleased, like I said in the beginning. They made Ronda look like a badass baby mm-hmm. face. Um, now, I, I think she has heel tendencies, like I said, but in the end, she did seem like the badass baby face. So, um, I, I I really liked it, not didn't love it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, don't, I'm going to be completely honest. This should have main evented the show. But what did you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that last point you made. This was a match going in I could not care less about. Um, I, I didn't care for the buildup. I thought the buildup was very corny. Um, but the match that we got, very good. I thought this was great. Um, and, and you... I'm very pleased that WWE made the right booking decision because you cannot put a legit combat sports athlete in a submission-style match and have her lose. Yeah. So Ronda winning makes perfect sense um, and definitely the right call. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this. These two, these two, for whatever reason, don't know how to swing a kendo stick. Um, Gosh. I think Ronda's better than Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte cannot swing a kendo stick, but the the two kendo sticks that Ronda did, the over and over hit, those looked brutal. Like, one legit broke. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. One was legit destroyed. Um, Michael did a great job on commentary pointing that out, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, thought, I thought this was a really good match. The arm bar through the chair finish looked nasty, looked brutal. Um. I wouldn't be shocked if they turn Ronda heel eventually because, like I said, she that works as a heel character, thinking yeah. you're better than everyone and, and whatnot. That that makes sense to me. But this match, I hate to say it, it, it fucking ruled. It, it really did. I think it was the perfect time slot, too. I think I saw that it went for only about 16 minutes, which is, I think, perfect for them, um, especially with Ronda having some of those limitations as far as a wrestling standpoint, but they booked it perfectly as a fight more than a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I thought it was very well done. It was very good. Uh, what did you give it out of five? Um, to be honest, I went right at four. I give it a 3.4. So the, I had a couple more issues than you did, but I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be not a great match, but yep. uh, it definitely exceeded my expectations. So uh, good stuff by both. We're going to talk about the direct – well, actually, don't let's talk about it right now. So, mm-hmm. Charlotte, apparently, they, they're selling on – I think Kayla Braxton had a backstage yep. going into the next match that she has a injury and she's going to miss some time. If I'm WWE, I, I know you have no faith in her. Your big money match is Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. That yep. is your money match. That's your SummerSlam match, and yeah. Shane has got to win. Yeah, you have two 
I hate I hate to like use the word to to describe them because it kind of you know makes everyone else on the roster feel lesser. But you have two legitimate combat athletes. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like out of everyone on the roster, if you really break it down on paper, there's one person on the roster that in reality can stand toe to toe with Ronda Rousey. That's Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Um, from a wrestling standpoint, at least on the SmackDown side, I mean, if, if, if Naomi and Banks retain their titles, which they probably will, what, what does, what does Ronda have on the SmackDown side? I think it's only Shayna because the Raw side has Lynch and Asuka and Morgan and, and, and Ripley, like, Unless they do a draft within the next few weeks and she faces Rhea Ripley, which would make no sense unless they drafted the whole Judgment Day. I think they're going to do Carmella right out of the bat. That's Ronda and Carmella? Yeah. I I think that's what I read. And I I don't think they're going to do Ronda Shayna now. Your your summer feud should be Shayna Ronda. Yes. That should take you through summer. Charlotte reported that she's taking time off, probably going to miss the summer. Yep. Um, they wrote her off TV. Obviously, that's your like like you put it perfectly. That's your money feud. Like that should be your summer feud for the women's championship. And through Shana's all these, gotta... yeah, through all these stadium shows that they're about to do right after Hell in a Cell, like they have three in a row. Shayna's got to win, right? Uh, yeah, I think, but I wouldn't. I. I say yes, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they do like a kind of back and forth thing similar to what Jeff Hardy and CM Punk did yeah. in like 2009 where like they wrestled three or four pay-per-views in a row, but they literally traded the belt back and forth. And that mm-hmm. worked because it didn't feel like it diminished the belt and the feud was great. So I wouldn't be shocked if they did something like that, but I think it'd be a great feud regardless of and what they, they planted they planted the seed at the Royal Rumble. Remember, they, they teamed up. Now you can yep. have Shayna turn on her. And that's uh, and that's your money feud. And who knows? I mean, like with with Shayna, like I said, picking up a singles win on SmackDown. Who knows? Don't be shocked if her and Natalia lose, and Shayna's like, "Well, hell, I can win on my own. I don't need you." Maybe she wins Money in the Bank and faces Ronda. You know what I mean? Like that would be a cool way to give Shayna the belt right away. Is have her beat Ronda with a cash in, and now you have SummerSlam one on one at Nissan Stadium, and then you have. Uh, clash at the castle in the UK right after that. Like, I think that makes sense. And is it going to be? No, it's probably going to be Sasha and Ronda at SummerSlam, but we, we can only hope. Anyway, yeah. um, so we're going to segue into, without a doubt, Dylan's favorite match of the night. This was the one he texted me. He's like, man, Kyle, I am super excited for this match. Like, I almost went to the event to see this match. I was like, man, Dylan, I didn't think you liked these two guys, but. I was very, <laughs> I was very, t- um, <laughs> so uh, we had Happy Corbin versus <laughs> Mad Cat Moss in singles action. Um, the crowd did not care about this at all. And uh, when it started, it, it just got no reaction. Mad Cat kind of got a decent pop, but this match started very slow. Corbin getting the upper hand. Loved how Moss sold going into the ring post. I thought that was a really cool spot. Corbin unleashed the shots on Moss trying to get the crowd to buy into this match. Unfortunately, it didn't work. A lot of the match just dragged, I thought. Even commentary did not seem crazy about this. Cole, 
Cole did highlight Corbin doing a senton, which he hasn't done before. I thought that was a little cool thing that uh, Michael Cole did. I thought he was great tonight as well. I thought the match got better once Moss hit the fallaway slam for a two count. This was turning, this was turning completely out of control when Pat McAfee forgot the deep six move that Corbin does. So he said <laughs> deep, and then Michael had to go six because he <laughs> totally forgot what move it was. Uh, Matt Catmoss wins out of nowhere with a roll-up in, and that's the finish. This could have been on SmackDown. It was nothing special. I'm going to say it because Dylan's not going to say it. If you're not a Matt Catmoss fan, I would be very worried about it being money in the bank season. I'm just saying that. Like, Is he going to win? I don't know. But remember, last year we didn't think Nixon would win. She did. So watch out for Matt Cat Moss maybe getting a briefcase down and winning Money in the Bank this year. Next. You could see it, though. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you could see it. Matt Cat could be a new next uh, world champion. Stop. Stop. Right, well, what did you think of the match, Dylan? Come on. I didn't care. <laughs> I just, I just, like, you, you said it. Per- this could have been on main event. This doesn't even have to be on SmackDown. Like, I did not care. Um, if they put the fucking briefcase with Madcap, <laughs> I might, I might quit doing the show. You might be doing this alone. Like you thought your, you thought your rant on the NXT thing was big. You wait till the year in review next year, and we'll be talking about my rant of Madcap winning Money in the Bank. Oh, dude, I hope Madcap wins. You just want to hear my reaction. That's the well, only reason why. Remember, Otis won. Nixon won. Big how did, won. How did, so how did the Otis? How did the Otis thing work out? By the way, not great. Yeah, but Miz but, cashed in the briefcase. But well, that's what I mean though. Like they could have Matt win, but then it turns into something different. But not. but it's just a waste of time. If the men's the men's briefcase, and we can talk about it after we finish backlash reactions because I do want to get your input on what you think is going to happen. Uh, but we'll save that for after the, the six-man tag that we're about to break down. All right, we're going to do that right now, and then we'll have everything. Uh, Are we not going to rate the, the Corbin? Oh, yeah, go, I, I gave it a one. I uh, gave it a point three. <laughs> the only reason why it got a point three is because great production value. I thought Backlash looked good. <laughs> Dude, yeah, come on. I sleep when I'm like, boy, man, cat, man. Nope. Come on. Yeah, he puts me to sleep. That's why. Yeah, why Corbin on. doesn't help either. Um, I'd rather and, have Corbin than Madcap. Well, the commentary did not care at all, and Pat literally forgot the one of his. That's fine. Moves, hey, so. I don't. I'm not again. I kind of did too. Yeah, come on. The deep six though is a really cool. One. I love. Yeah, Corbin's it's cool. Move. I'm not gonna lie. But anyway, um, into the main event of the show, Drew McIntyre and RK Bro face the Bloodline. Got a lot to say about this one. Um, before getting into the match, I was very pleased with the six match card we got they didn't put a lot of filler matches into this it literally could have been four it could have been without madcap it could have been without um omas you could have built becky oscar a little bit more to make it five but i was really glad we didn't get a, like a 10 match card yeah um match started like any other six-man tag until we almost got a roman drew showdown where roman tagged out then the usos got in control of riddle McIntyre uh, can get the crowd excited as good as anybody in the entire world. He is just absolutely incredible. Roman picks his spot. 
like the heel that he is against Riddle. I thought it was a really nice touch, um, him dominating uh, Riddle for a little bit in the ring. The Bloodline dominated most of this match. They really, besides a couple hot tags, they were in control. We finally get the Drew Roman spot. Crowd was red hot for it. As Drew hit the neck breaker and did the kip up, I was like, man, there's not a lot of guys better than Drew McIntyre. If we go down, there's at his size, whew, good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman gains control. Uh, I didn't like how one super kick and Orton was on the outside for like 10 minutes. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know why they did that. Drew hits the Claymore, and no one better than Randy Orton on the hot tag. He comes out. Um, he tags out with Riddle, and uh, you can see that they're putting a little bit more stock into Riddle uh, more and more these days, um, and especially as these events go on. Uh, Jay's pop-up neckbreaker was so clean. It looked fantastic. Roman, Roman puts uh, Drew through the announcer table, gets tagged, and hits Riddle with a spear, and is say win for the bloodline i predicted it um dylan if roman's in a match he's not losing period if he's in a mm-hmm. tag match it, he he does not lose period mm-hmm. that part is getting old but yep. this six man car crash whatever you six man tag <clears throat> that they wanted to be a car crash it was pretty good especially towards the end the beginning was not too exciting, but all six guys are really good, so they were able to turn it around. This just shouldn't have been the main event. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Ronda Charlotte should have main evented, depend seeing how the quality of that match was. As far as the six man was concerned, I'll be honest, the first half of it, I was like, this could have been on SmackDown. Yeah. Like it it, it really didn't pick up for me anyway until about the last maybe 10 minutes, um, hmm. maybe even the last five minutes, to be honest. Um, from the Randy hot tag on, that's when I was like, all right, this is actually a really good match. Because Randy is, dude, Randy is on top of his game, and it's hard to believe he's a 20-year vet. Yeah. Um, as good and as clean and as athletic as he still is, by the way. Those drop kicks are money. Like you said, there's no one better off a hot tag than Randy Orton. I thought the – he hit – he hit an RKO on, on one of the Usos, right? Yep. And then he gets super kicked by the other and kind of no-sells that into an RKO. I popped, I'll be honest. That yeah, that was a cool me. spot. I was like, dude, Randy Orton is a million bucks. Um, look out for him come money in the bank season, to be honest, because, dude, Randy is on I don't fire. see it just because I still think they're going to do They're going to put stuff. it on a young guy. Yeah, they're going to yeah. put it on a young guy. But Randy's just great. Um, yeah. I thought... Riddle sold like a champ because he took a lot of punishment in this match. Like he was the one used when the bloodline was taking over and dominating the match. So I thought Riddle looked really good. Randy looked really good. Drew is always good. I thought all six of them, especially towards the end of the match looked great. Yeah. Um, it wasn't till the last part of the match where I was like, all right, this is pay-per-view quality. Uh, Cause the first part of it, I was like, this is a free TV match to be honest. Um, the part that bugs me still, there are no titles on the line. Nope. Why is the bloodline winning? Don't, don't get, you, Roman doesn't lose. But don't you want to build up the other three as legit contenders? Because they're clearly going to do Drew Roman this summer, right? That they might was do why, it at Hell in a Cell. Right, but like the point is, is like that's why they didn't do it at Backlash, because they want those two to wrestle for the belt 
at these stadium shows, yeah. especially at Clash at the Castle in the UK, where Drew, don't be shocked if he wins the belt. Yeah. Um, that's to them. That's their main event money feud is those two, and I think it'll be great. But like, this would be a perfect way to build momentum. They're going to do the unification match eventually with with RK Bro and that. Usos. They they will. They, they were going to do it here. They're still going to do it eventually. I think they're just saving it for a bigger show. So why not have RK-Bro and Drew win? Build them up as like, oh my God, these guys could have beat the Bloodline in those respective matches. It does not make sense for Roman and the Usos to win here. There's nothing on the line. This, this is just like Survivor Series all over again when Drew and Roman faced and Roman won that match with no title. It, it was Big E. Well, no, remember, because Roman's been champion for almost two years. They also did Drew Roman at in the in the Thunderdome. When remember that? that? That was 20, no. 2020. Oh, I don't even remember that. Because Big E Roman was last year. Oh, and then, yeah, and then Big E didn't win. Then he lost the title yeah. after that. Yep. And, again, makes no sense. Like, you wanted Big E to be, like, a babyface champion and be feel legit. Why didn't he beat Roman? Because a, they don't care. Yeah. Because Roman, Roman, Roman wins LOL, and he's great. Yeah. But these non-title matches, he doesn't need to keep winning. It just makes everyone else feel lesser than him. Yeah. And that's that's poor booking to me, because now it's like, well, shit, like, you want Drew McIntyre to feel like the, the next champion, the next challenger, but he's losing matches he shouldn't be losing. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, no, like, I agree. I, but the match overall, I thought, was very enjoyable, especially the back half of it. Uh, would um, you give it out of five? Uh, three point five, and a lot of that, a lot of that is due to the finish because yeah. that just rubbed me the wrong way. But a three point five, even with the finish going the opposite way, it would have notched it up a couple points, maybe, but around three point eight, three point nine. But yeah, three point five, I think is fair. Yeah, so I give it a three point three. So we're yeah, we're pretty much around the money with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is so that is it for backlash. So we're going to review this, and then we have a couple points to talk about. Then we'll uh, we'll start wrapping up here. But, uh, Don, would you like to tell everyone what your overall thoughts of the show, match of the night, and grade out of 10? I thought overall the match – or not match. The show – the show was very good for, for what WWE has produced as, as far as, like, their B-show pay-per-views are concerned. This was an enjoyable night, I will say. I thought some of the booking decisions were kind of spotty. I thought the Ronda one made perfect sense, but then the Bloodline one didn't. I think the Cody-Seth one, you could have done – that can go in about three or four different directions, so I'm really curious to see how they what they do on Raw later you tonight. Had, uh, you could have had Seth win by DQ somehow. Yeah. And then um, that sets it up perfectly for Hell himself. I will say, since Monday Night Raw hasn't actually started at the time of this recording – they have announced that Theory is defending the title against Cody Rhodes tonight. What? Yep. So look out for a potential Seth Rollins interference to maybe set up a third and final match between the two of them. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they're doing Theory Rhodes tonight for the title. I don't think Rhodes is winning because Theory is the guy of the future. Yeah. Um, and Rhodes, I said this to, to Chloe earlier, Rhodes, his, the, the, if he wins a title after re- after returning, it's a world title. He's not. He's going to beat Roman. Title. Yeah, he he will be the one to beat Roman. 
But look out for that interference. We'll see what they do. But Where's yeah, your match just, of the night? Match of the night. Dude, this feels very weird to say. I'm going to give it to Ronda Charlotte. But you didn't. That wasn't your highest of the night, though. It wasn't, but it was also my. It was the most surprising one to me because it was a build that I cared very little about. Because I knew Seth, Seth and Cody would be great, but as far as match of the night, as far as being the most surprising one to me, I thought Ronda and Charlotte killed it, and like Cody and Seth was amazing, but it was a step down from their Mania match. Whereas Ronda Charlotte was a few steps ahead of their mania match. Oh, it was so that's why I'm gonna that's why I'm gonna make it my match of the night. That's gonna be a little bit uh maybe that's maybe that's a little bit of a hot take since we did get Seth and Cody in another banger, but for the shitty build for that match being that good, like it turned me into I don't care about this, I'm gonna go take a piss to I can't stop watching this thing. Like see I was definitely a little bit lower on it than than you were I loved but... it. I really did. I give it, I think, seven notches down than you did. But yeah. uh, what would you grade it out to? The whole show, um, some of the booking decisions were kind of questionable, but some of them were great. Um, overall, I thought the matches outside of Lashley and Omos and Moss Corbin <laughs> were worthy of being on a pay-per-view. Those two matches could have been on free TV. Um, so this gets a good... Wasn't better than WrestleMania. What did I rate WrestleMania? Do you remember? Or did we do the uh, out of 10? Yeah, we did. Uh, I think you gave it like a seven something. I think I'll, I'll like, have to, I would have to go back and look. But. I'm going to give this a 6.8. That's exactly what I gave it. Yep. I also gave it a 6.8. Um, so quickly, I'll get into mine real quick and then we'll... Um, and then we'll talk about some stuff, then wrap up. But uh, I, I thought this premium live event was like I'm I not expected. calling it. That. I'm not calling it that. By the it way, it was like I expected. The <laughs> the bigger matches were going to perform, and the yep. lesser matches did not. Mm-hmm. Listen, look, look who's in the ring. There's no way it was going to be a bad show. There is no way Charlotte and Ronda was going to be as bad as Mania. I expected it to be better, and it was. The fact of the matter is, we got a lot of rematches. But yeah. I still thought WWE did a good enough job to keep everyone excited and turn it into a solid event. Match of the night wasn't even one even close. It was Cody Rollins. Should have been for, you know, two in a row. It's probably going to be the match of the night at Hell in a Cell if they do that. So it's probably going to be three out of three for me. These two are just incredible in-ring guys. Um, listen, Cody's not my favorite, but he's just been on another level since uh, – going to WWE, and I think his WWE character right now is better than anything he's done in AEW. I think that's a hot take, but he yep. uh, he's killing it right now. But, uh, yeah, that is it for um, that's it for Backlash. Now, before we move on, Dylan, uh, what would you like to talk about? Well, we'll do a little earlier. Before we talk about that, I'm going to change it. Cody and Seth was my favorite match of the night. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to try and do something different. I really did. Because everyone is raving about the match. But you're right. I mean, it's it, as, as great as Ronda Charlotte was, I felt wrong <laughs> not yeah. giving it to Seth and Cody. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm going to go Seth and Cody officially. Yep. Um, as far as what I want to talk about, so Money in the Bank is two months away. We, okay. have Hel- we have Hell in a Cell to get through, and then it's Money in the Bank. What, what is the, what's the date on Money in the Bank? Is that June 30th, Money in the Bank? No, it's, Do you in, know? it's in July. Is it in July? Oh, wait, no, it might be. It might be at the end of June because SummerSlam, which is right after Money in the Bank, is July 30th. It's the first time I think it's ever been out of August. Wait, SummerSlam's in July? Yep, it's July 30th. It's the last day of July. So it says here that Money in the Bank is uh, July 2nd. Oh, so they're doing two July uh, events. Okay. Um, So that's two months away. Um, we'll get through Hell in a Cell, and then it's Money in the Bank time. Yep. We've kind of briefly talked about it. So as of right now, the current field, not who you want to win, but who do you think is going to win the women's side? Based on, well, based on what we've currently been getting. Well, I, I'm going to switch the question a little bit. Let, let's maybe let's come up with a field of six real quick. So, so you want to like they predict do, who's going to be in the match? Like just real quick, maybe okay. just a couple. Um, so do they do six or eight? Is it six? I feel like lately they've been doing eight, but I think six makes more sense. You do three okay. from Raw, three from SmackDown. So we're going to put Shayna in there just because she should be, and I think they will put her in this year. So Shayna, who else? Uh, so on the SmackDown side, I'm going to go Shayna, Selena, and you do Raquel. 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 I think that would be the three. On the okay. Raw side, you do Liv, Asuka, and Becky. Not Lacey. Nope. I don't know. I See, they might put Lacey over Shayna. Well, if they do eight, then Lacey will be in it. But if they do six, I would leave her out of it. Because the other names I that I Becky mentioned... should be in this. Well, I don't think so either, but they're not going to leave Becky off a stadium show. Just, Let's be real. Yeah, but yeah, but then they would leave. Well, no, that's not true because then you could have, you could do Sasha and Naomi versus another team. So you could, you you could uh, incorporate a way to have um, uh, Sasha into the night as well. But uh, so we Sasha, have Shayna. Sasha. I don't think will be in the ladder match. I think she'll have just a tag match. Like okay, so said. we have Shayna, Selena, Raquel, Liv, Oscar, Becky. Who wins? Based on the current state of what they've been doing the last year, Liv. Who I, I want so. to win, Shayna. So I, out of these six, I think they would probably do Becky. Mm. They probably would do Becky. You know who I want to win. That's not even a question. But. I, I just – I don't see them doing Liv Morgan. I, I just – I they would have done it last year, I think. I don't know if they've just tested the waters. But out of these six, I, I just can't see them not doing Becky. That would just be my opinion. Ugh. But I think Becky's going to be one of the favorites, too, of bring down the briefcase, and then we'll get Bianca Becky. So what, about, so what about the men's side? What okay, so that we'd have a theory. Of course. Uh, so, uh, so on Raw, we would have Theory. You think Cody would be on there? Yep. Cody. And then, um, you wouldn't do, would you do Veer? I would do Riddle. Do Riddle. I do Theory. If, if we're keeping it at six, on the Raw side, I would do Cody, Theory, Riddle. That would be my three. 
And then on the SmackDown side, it would be Ricochet, Nakamura, and Zayn. And Zayn. No, well, well, no, because McIntyre is going to be wrestling one-on-one with Reigns. So so it would be Zayn. Zayn or... I think think that's the only one that really makes sense. So I'm actually... I would change one of yours. I... I do not think they would leave Owens out of this. Mm, yeah. I, I'm going to change Riddle to Owens. And even I could even see them putting Ezekiel into this match. Because they've had stock in him. So, yeah. Ezekiel. Oh, wait. No. No. I'm deleting it. They're putting Matt Catmoss in this match. <laughs> you know what? We're going to make this eight. Matt so, Cap, you're thinking. So then you're thinking... Owens and Ezekiel. So you think Owens, Ezekiel, Rhodes, and Theory. And then Ricochet, Nakamura, Zayn, and Matt Cass. See, they can, they can do the Ezekiel-Owens thing as a qualifier because they have been feuding. So you I think don't... they would do Riddle? Yeah. So who wins, uh, Owens or Ezekiel? Owens. Okay, so then you put Riddle. I would, I would leave Ezekiel out. Of and then would you have Orton cost Riddle? Um, or is that I too would. Soon? I don't think it's too soon. The thing is, is the Usos have to take the belts before there's any heel turn there. Okay. Um, so, so maybe they take the belts at Hell in a Cell, and I say Riddle and Orton get booked in a qualifying match against each other, where Riddle wins, and maybe that sparks some jealousy with Randy Orton. He costs him the briefcase. Okay. So out of theory, Cody Owens, Riddle, Ricochet, Nakamura, Zayn, Madcap. Let's uh, let's do a little bit different. So mm-hmm. Ricochet's not winning. Nope. Nakamura's not winning. Nope. Zane's not winning. Mm-hmm. I'm not eliminating the last guy yet. I am. We'll get to it. So those <laughs> three, Riddle's not winning. Owens isn't winning. Realistic, I, I know you're not a fan, but remember, they like these cheesy characters. I could even see them putting Butch in this match or Pete Dunne. So Theory, Cody, or Mad Cat Moss, who wins? So theory, as weird as it sounds, they probably have the most stock in. At least upper management probably does. Mm-hmm. But Cody is the predictable one, and I don't think that would make fans mad if they put the briefcase with Cody. Yeah, because um, that would help build the build the eventual Roman. Uh, Cody feud and Cody seems like one of those money in the bank holders that he would announce his match beforehand yes. instead of the surprise whereas Theory would be a great heel with the briefcase and remember like just because Theory is champion doesn't mean they won't give him the briefcase they did it to the Miz Miz yeah. is US champion and yep. money in the bank holder absolutely. so it could happen absolutely um, but I think the current state of the men's division it's going to be either Cody or Theory those are the only two realistic ones right now or Riddle but I think they're going to do an Orton-Riddle feud before Riddle's ever even going to be close to a world championship. I'm going to say Theory wins. Okay. I'm, go- I'm saying Theory and Becky walk out with money in the bank. Okay. Uh, I know you're not. Madcap's got a real chance of winning. I'm going to say – He has a – Madcap Moss has a real chance to walk it. out of Las Vegas – with a world title contract. I guess if I'm if I'm picking right now, I'm gonna say Cody Live. Although I want Shayna. 
I if it was me, I would do Owen Shayna. Owen Shayna, okay. I would do Owen Shayna. Okay. Personally, I think Owens would be fantastic with the briefcase, and Shayna is just great in what she does. But enough of that. Uh, don't you want to go in your dummy ammo and the weekend gets out of here? Yeah. So um, this isn't like a bad dummy moment. I'm not gonna shit on anyone. This one was kind of cute, kind of funny. Um, no one was harmed, but I think either at Raw or maybe it was a live event. Might have been Raw, like in the in a dark match. Um, after the match was over, Cody was taking pictures with fans at ringside and there was a kid that jumped the barricade and like tapped his shoulder and asked for a picture. (laughs) It was like a very like genuine, like no one was harmed. Uh, yeah, don't hop the barricade. I'm not advocating that by any means, but like, he just kind of like ran up to Cody and like tapped his back or like tapped his shoulder and was like, can I get a picture? And Cody was like, you're not supposed to be out here. <laughs> and, like, help, like, direct him back to his seat. Apparently, the kid did get his picture eventually. Cody did go over there once the kid was back in his seat and take a selfie with him, which is really cool. Oh, good. Um, but, yeah, that kind of made me laugh when I saw the video. It was so, like, innocent. Like, the kid, like, yeah. he he wasn't going to harm anyone. He didn't know he was doing anything <laughs> wrong. He was just like, well, the show's over. Like, can I just go talk to him? Um, yeah. Just, just hopped and was like, can I get a picture? <laughs> yeah, it's very, not like very innocent. It's not like security's gonna go body slam him or anything. Like no, <laughs> and security did walk over, but they're more like, "Hey, you can't be over here. Let's get you back to your seat." Yeah, and then could you imagine though, like <laughs> that kid takes a spear, and then the security guy like stands up, overlooks him, like. It's my fucking ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the two security guys are Vladimir Kozlov and Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> That's what they do now. Yeah. They sent Titus O'Neil out there to tackle this little kid. Titus. <laughs> uh, anyway, so mine's not as um, nice. <laughs> my dummy have and we goes to WWE. Of course. So according to Dave Meltzer, big fan of the show, um, Damian Priest was given a new finisher by WWE because he is now allowed to have the same finisher as Cody Rhodes. First yep. of all, way to show favorites to WWE, especially the superstars at the top of the card. Second, why can't you have two guys with the same finishing move? WWE continues to insult our intelligence by thinking every single superstar has to be different and can't even have the same first name. Yeah, I, can't have the same just, name at all. It's just like their target markets for the children and they tried to treat everyone the same. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I just didn't like that. So I had to put his dummy on the week. Yeah. Isn't he using, he's basically doing the razor's edge now. Yeah. Right. Which is fine. But like, how come that's not like a, like a no, no, because that was razor's mm-hmm. finish for, yeah. for during the whole next generation movement in the nineties. Why, why is that allowed? But he can't use, it was the, was it called the reckoning? Yeah. Which is just a crossroads. Yeah. Which, like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's stupid. The fact that Austin Theory isn't named Austin Theory anymore because of Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's that's dumb. dumb to me. Look at AEW. Like, I don't give a fuck what your name is. They don't no. even care about finishers, to be honest. Like, no. they protect the ones they like, but if two people have the same move, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Everyone does a super kick in wrestling. How come that's allowed? Well, especially nowadays, AEW. Nowadays, everyone's doing a cutter. Yeah. Fucking Guevara's got a cutter. Cody's got a cutter. Obviously, Randy with the RKO. Like, Riddle's doing an RKO. How come Riddle can have the same finisher as Randy? I know they're a tag team, but, like, that's allowed, but 
Priest can't use the Reckoning, which is just Crossroads. Like, hey, is there any maps in WWE? Why did he lose Matt Riddle? Um, apparently, Vince just likes single names. That's why Cesaro lost Antonio. I loved Antonio Cesaro. I thought he was. Um... I thought it was great. It's really um, stupid. Matt Riddle's Matt Riddle to me. I mean, I'll yeah. still call Riddle. And uh, I am but... never calling Walter uh, that other name. Anyway, Gunther? never. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, uh, would you like to tell everyone what we're doing next week and get us out of here? Next week, this is going to be really fun. We're going to be reviewing um, MPW's Millennium Cup tournament. Correct? Yes, I'm super stoked for that. It was a two night event if i'm not mistaken is that yes. right so i got a little bit as soon as you're done to say about it yeah so uh, i'm really excited for that obviously mpw has been super super nice with us we've interviewed a lot of people with that promotion so i'm really excited to do an extensive breakdown of some of their matches and shine a little more light on that promotion i we we love them yeah so they are a really good promotion for the people that don't know maybe this is your first episode whatever they're a millennium pro wrestling based out of california Mm-hmm. Uh, we've interviewed a lot of their superstar or their wrestlers. Um, they've been really good to us. So we want to kind of pay it forward and do something with them. Um, so this is the millennium cup event. So Dylan and I will talk about it, but my, I guess my first thing would be, we are going to watch the first night and then we'll, the first thing that we'll do is we'll grade it, give the match of the night, but we'll review everything on the second night so it doesn't get you know too long you know what i mean i um, mean we might change that but uh i think that's what we're gonna do now but uh we, we got some i think they're gonna have some really good matches in the uh, millennium cup so Dylan and i are definitely gonna be in for a treat but uh yeah that's all i get anything else uh do until next week no um i'm probably gonna be more invested in what wwe is doing with this next month of tv Considering I do have tickets uh, to Hell in a Cell in Chicago. So you're so, going to have um, to watch Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I'll be watching Raw the moment we hop off this. I'll, I'll post the episode, so this will be posted hopefully right before Raw starts. Uh, as of right now, we're looking at 7.50 Eastern time um, on Monday. So I'm going to try and get that posted as soon as possible. And yeah, I'm going to be paying attention to a lot of Raw and SmackDown over the next month to Good see luck. what kind of card I'm doing. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, I appreciate everyone listening to this point. And uh, we're on the road to AEW's Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing is next. Yeah, that is next. I uh, really don't care about it besides Serena oh, stop But it. I don't care about the main event. Really just Serena Deeb is right now. But uh, we're on the road to uh, Double or Nothing. And we'll catch everyone next Double or Nothing week. will be great. I don't share the sentiment that Kyle does. Yeah, mid. <laughs> mid.